Loaded sport. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, God, <laughs> what a scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck the lot of you. <laughs> Tom Naylor's going to be the nailed on holding midfielder, so it's just too good. Unbelievable. Hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Loaded Sport. We're all on screen again. I think it went quite like, quite, Kev was fucking looking confused. He's throwing me off, but I think it went quite well last week. Um, I don't know what he's saying because he's on mute, but anyway, what a ah! hot, hot start. Hot start to proceedings, and it's no, it's. No doubt, fuck me. No doubt, a sign of things to come over the next hour or hour and a half. There's a sign of how my week's been. But anyway, we've got a full squad, you can see it. So let me bring them in one by one. And I've got a new question. Normally, lads, I'll ask you how you are, how your week's been, and all this kind of stuff. But I just want to, of course, know how you are. But my main question for you during the intro is, what has been the highlight of your time between the last recording and this one this evening? So have a quick little think. And Aggie, I'm going to come to you first, mate. So how are you? And what's been the what's been your highlight from from the, the last recording to to tonight? I'm um, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Uh, my highlight has been I'd have to, I probably have to go with a quick thought football from uh, from Tuesday night. Um, not the greatest of first halves, but as you saw, sat beside me, it was uh, an excellent second half performance and uh, a good uh, three points as well. So yeah, that'll be my highlight. I like it, mate. They're on the way, aren't they? Now got to, got to go up and uh... I've got to go up this year, yeah. Lads, you'll be happy to know I got uh, I got Aggie to have another supper madri, and he absolutely hated it. But I think by end of the season, he'll be asking me if we're having a supper madri. So we're we're on our way, on our way. Uh, of course, we've got two more people to bring in, as you can see for those who are watching on YouTube and Camp. I'm going to come to you next, mate. How are you? And what's been your your highlight uh, between recordings? All good, all good. I think my highlight, to be fair, it's been a very, very busy week. And the time that I've not been working and grafting my arse off, uh, I've been on Football Manager. Football Manager 24 is now out. The beta version is now out. Uh, And I took Warrington Town to the National League North title, uh, which was a big achievement to say that we were second favourites to go down. So uh, that's probably my, uh, my highlight from this last week. So Mr Dawson, Mr White... Man with the mic, your reflection of perfection. Man who gets all the attention. Uh, looking at the man with the biggest arms. The man with the biggest charm. The man in Chesterfield who's going to go three does down. What are you going to do? How are you going to deal with the man of steel that is Aggie? And how are you going to stop Ag's attack? How are we, chaps? All right? Okay, now. Yeah, I just feel like we should end it there. That's that's the highlight of the episode right there. There's your, there's your TikTok clip for the week. And, of course... As always, by me, no means last but least. Fuck me, I'm all over the shop tonight, lads. So it's, uh, I'm not. It's because I've not. But normally, I've got a nice little cold beer. Just to take edge off, as we say. But uh, I've poured a cap. No, no, no. As you say, as you say, don't <laughs> yeah. stop right. saying. Right, don't right, us down right, right. Sam, you're gonna have to wait, mate. But first of all, Aggie at football. When you've had a sup, it, you, you're ready. Then you're ready. Yeah, so you don't, see, you don't want it. Right. Don't mind, but, 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 like but, but 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 he still enjoyed it. And also, Premier in London, busy day, yeah. hectic. Yeah. Yeah, going back to room while adrenaline's yeah. still going. I went, let's yeah. put it bar and have one. Yeah. Take edge off, and, and you rated it so much. So don't give me that. Rate it. No, I hundred percent rate it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking the edge off, but you said, as we all say, he's <laughs> <laughs> right. He's right. Fair, to be point. Fair. fair point. Well made, Sam. How are you, mate? And what's been the highlight of the last week or so? Yeah, good. Thanks, boys. I uh, ain't got no uh, poncy rhymes to make up for you all, but um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, decent week. Um... Highlight of the week previously will be the Chinese that I mentioned on the uh, the, the last show, the all-you-can-eat Chinese. 
made an absolute fucking mess of the place. So nice. yeah, it was a it was a top quality performance from the uh, the staff at the Lotus Lounge. Love that, mate. And I you suppose tell me follow every up. time, Sam. You tell me where that is every single time, but you're gonna have to tell me again because every time mate, you mention it, I want to go more and more and mate, more, and I always it's, forget. It's it's Alfreton. It's all that's all it is in Alfreton. And honestly, you will. I have been fucking at least at least twenty times. Ten minutes down road. Yeah, that's it. I've been at least twenty times, and I, I I'm not exaggerating when I say I've literally never had a bad one like ever ranked ever. They're always top notch, fresh as fuck food. Yeah, this uh, should get a little Lotus that. Lounge little <laughs> logo pop up here. Get a bit, well, I have to bit, book, a, bit of fucking advertising. Just, can you just turn uh, up? Or do you have no, to book? I would book. Just give him a call and get booking. Mm, was, might, have um, treat, might have to treat myself and uh, and the father-in-law to that tomorrow night potentially. Ooh, great shout! I'd get booking sooner rather than later. It would be a Friday night. Uh, mm. Skimbo, how was uh, how was your previous week, mate? Yeah, all right, mate. It's been it's been steady in terms of highlights. Um, I'd love to say, watching Killers of the Flower Moon, that like Kemp said, uh, sorry, like you said, I said I was going to be watching, but very, very disappointing. So I suppose I'll I'll go with Aggie. Tuesday night at town, it's becoming a little bit of a fixture of our our week so far this season. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Great second half and uh, good to see their their continued path to promotion um, still looking strong. So yeah, I'll go with that. I'll stick with Aggie with that one. But uh, just a very quick follow-up question, Sam, before we get stuck in, what was the highlight dish from uh, from your trip to Lotus Lounge, <laughs> right? So we have this conversation on the way back in the car, and <clears throat> turns out mine was massively controversial. And I think your you sp- sp- specifically skin is going to fucking hate this. As much as I absolutely love the wings, the lamb, the duck, all of it was so fucking good. The highlight of it, just you know, some of what just proper hits the spot. Like it was the first thing I had, and obviously I was starving, so that's probably why I enjoyed it more than everything else. It was the chicken noodle soup, and it was the oh. only, and it was the only. I was the only person that had it because you have to. You get like a, you can order like a mixture, and you get like a sample of like a, all diff, all different dishes, but they don't obviously bring soup out. So I said, "Oh, can I have a bowl of chicken noodle soup as well?" And it, it fucking hell, it's insanely good, and it just proper hit the spot and just. Just set the tone for the uh, the meal. Yeah, Kemp's definitely going tomorrow now. That's uh, that's sorted. So we'll uh, we'll hear Kemp's Charming review next me. week. Charming and Kemp, it's me. only right that if you do go, mate, you, you start pitching like if they want to become our first sponsors uh, <laughs> after that uh, after that raving review. But anyway, lads, let's get stuck into episode seventy four. We are now on the third episode of our new format, where each week. We bring a question to the table for us all to give our opinions and answers on. Um, so I'm looking forward, as I'm sure our viewers and listeners are, to hearing what we have got planned for this week. I've spun the wheel. Sam, you'll be very happy to note that you are not first this week after going first for the pre- uh, previous two weeks. Mr. Man with the Mic, Aggie Marsden, you're up first this week. So who, or what? sorry, what is your question and who are you going to first? So my question this week is if you could be in your peak in any sport, what sport would it be? And if it's a team game, what role would you play? So, uh, Kemp, I'll come to you first for this one. Oh, I, I mean, I've, I've, I'm not thinking about this in terms of, like, the most money or the most glitz or the most glamour. I'm thinking about this as, as what I would, what your dream is as a kid, right? And my dream as a kid was to play for Sheffield United, play up top for Sheffield United uh, and score in the FA Cup final. And then that's how you know it's a dream if Sheffield United are scoring in an FA Cup final. Um, but yeah, that that's what it would be. I'd be up front, I'd be Sheffield United, I'd be the ne- next coming of Billy Sharp. 
uh, leading the line, scoring all the goals, uh, and hopefully end up with a statue outside Bramall Lane um, and, a, and a spot in the Platinum Suite so that when it gets cold, I can snuggle up with a little blanket and might have a prawn sandwich there as well at the same time. So, yeah, for me, it, it's got to be. Grew up a Sheffield United fan, grew up a massive football fan. Throughout all the sports in my life that I've been like keen on and then not keen on, came into golf in the last few years, you know, came into like, NFL the last few years surprisingly enough to you boys and you'd be very surprised to know it i used to like tennis when i was younger cannot nice. stand cannot yeah. stand the game now um so yeah as games have come and gone and interests have come and gone football has always been that one that one constant uh, and sheffield united for my sins has always been that one team so uh, yeah i'd play up front for sheffield united aggie bagging goals for fun against chesterfield in friendlies i think <laughs> <laughs> would you be a uh, one club man or would you start and end at sheffield united Good question. That's a good question. Wait, think, wait, wait, think, wait, go on, wait. Go on, go on, go on, go on, you said a one club man or start and end at Sheffield United. Are they not the same thing? Or do you mean no, because you can United transfer in the middle. I yeah, can yeah, transfer, I'll transfer I'll in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I think it depends. So let's say, let's use it as, as how Sheffield United are now, right? So I would probably say go and come back. Because I think if you stay at Sheffield United your entire career, yeah, you are going to get Premier League football and you're going to be bottom at Premier League and get relegated and you're going to do well at the Championship. Uh, but, you know, living out that dream of, of winning an FA Cup, maybe a Premier League and a European Cup, um, ultimately those those dreams aren't going to be lived out. So hopefully I'll see the same sort of career pressure, progression from Carl Walker when he runs out of contract at Man City and comes back to Bramall Lane. So that's that's kind of the model I'd, I'd base it on. And he's he's not a bad-looking lad either, is he? So, you know. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sam, we'll come across to you next. Yeah, I was saying as Kemp, I back to and fro on a lot of these. <clears throat> uh, football had certainly come into my head, like like Kemp says, every English boy's dream, I think, in it. That's your, that's your 101 when you're five years old, <clears throat> kick it ball in your back garden. Then I moved tennis also was one with Kemp. I just thought, obviously, with I, I, I like the sport and, it's, you know, I'm thinking a bit of a bit of a dollar as well. Uh, and then I ended up settling on being a quarterback in the National Football League and I think it's a bit brave. I think I could, if I'm choosing a sport, I could definitely choose a sport with a bit less contact. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking get that get that dollar in. It's one of the best paid uh, best paid gigs in the entire world. Um, and and yeah, just just managed to just throw a tutty into back shoulder fade into corner end zone, and I think trying to win a Super Bowl as well just would be the the ultimate thing. And obviously with the, with the NFL comes all the American adverts that uh, that you get sponsorships with. So, yeah, I'm just fucking lying back, raking it in, CT to fuck at about 40-year-olds, and uh, that'll be the end of my life. You'd be frozen stiff like you were on camera then for about 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Fucking hell. Internet must have we heard that. every word, though, mate. We heard yeah. every word. No, that's all right, then. So my question to you then is on the back of you saying that you'd be a quarterback, you know more about the backroom staff and the the actual like head coaches, offensive coordinators than I do. So who would you say would be the ideal offensive coordinator to call the Ooh. players with you? That's a tricky question. That, I'm because... stealing fucking hard wow. questions tonight. Yeah, that's I love a, it. I love that's it. a really, really difficult question. Offensive coordinator, that's quite niche as well. Um, definitely not the Green Bay Packers' current <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> definitely, definitely Why? not that. And I will go into a little bit of all that, that more later on. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a very tough question that you've put me on the spot. Um, I think I might cheat a bit and might go head coach an offensive head coach as my offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking, I'm looking yeah. at uh, um, either a Sean McVeigh or a Kyle Shanahan, maybe someone that's 
Kyle Shanahan, I mean, creative l- mind, creative mind, but not just that. He's going to hide some of your deficiencies as well. So if you are a little bit of a, you know, a weaker thrower, Kyle Shanahan, no problem whatsoever. So one of them kind of cr- creative gurus in offense would uh, would suit me down to ground. It'd be fucking wildcat offense every snap. Sam would be sitting out of wide receiver. <laughs> like running, back, running back, you do it. You take it. Yeah. I'm bollocks. On, on, the, on the very rare occasion where Tom Brady did it and he'd just be stood on the sideline and he wouldn't fucking move an inch when the ball was snapped. What's that about? What's that about? Ten, on, lads. Yeah. ten oh, minutes in. What's time check? Five, yeah, ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It long, did it? Uh, when, when, when it? When did his fucking segment, it was mine. He's fucking born into mine to call him out. <laughs> fucking impressive, that, mate. Impressive. Yeah, so, I'm gonna look now. Each week, I'm gonna fucking find a way. Yeah, you, you do it anyway. So it just be business as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no change. No different at all. <laughs> Next week, I'm just gonna scream Tom Brady right at the start. That'll be the first thing I say. Anyway, I mean, you might as well have mate. No, that, 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 that's me. That's me done, mate. Aggie. Well, well I've got a quick follow-up question. What number would you wear? Oh, that is a good question. Um. Oh, that is a really good question that I'd not thought of. Um, you know what? I've got to stay true to my uh, pro clubs, really, and I'm going to go number 10. Like it. T- 10 is what I normally wear when playing football. So back in my old day when I was a bit, a bit lighter, that was my number. So, uh, yeah, number 10 is a bit of an Eli Manning. Oh, look like at that. Aggie. Hey, two rings, mate. Uh, two rings. Two rings. Thank you. Both, both against Tom Brady. I got one in as well. Yeah. Aggie, <laughs> um, what number do you think I would be? What number? I think you'd be number seven. Number. No. Number number nine. Number number nine. Dawson's got it straight away. Yeah. If you know me, you know I like a one two eleven across the board, and you know I'm having nine <laughs> and ten up top. So. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah it'll be right. Skin. You're coming to me, mate. So yeah, I'll come Kemp, to you next. Kemp wants to be the hometown hero. Get the plaudits of of the people around him and the community. Kemp, uh, Sam wants the. Uh, the 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 fame the fortune and everything else that goes with being a an NFL quarterback. I'm just in it for the bants and I'm there for the vibes. You know me, lads, and I'm there for the pop. So I'm not going football. I'm not going NFL. I am becoming a prime darts player. Just, nice. Uh, Sam talks about the easy life, touring the world, chucking some arrows, having a bit of bants with the players around you, and of course the the atmosphere that you play in and amongst it with the uh, with the the crowd that is the darts crowd. So yeah. There's probably not much more for me to say with that. There's a bit of money in darts now, so I think I can live very comfortably if I'm, you know, at a pretty good level within that sport. So I'm, I'm playing darts. Okay, so my question to you is, if you were to create an ideal scenario for you on dream matchups for a quarterfinal, semi-final and final, past or present, which three are you facing? Past or present, okay. I'm talking world championship, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You've okay. done some serious prep here, Aggie. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> yeah. showed us his notes earlier, didn't he? Oh, These are fucking yeah. unbelievable questions. <laughs> so, I would be Raymond Van Barneveld in the quarterfinals. Ooh. I would be I would beat my favourite all-time darts player in the semi-finals, which is Gary yes. Anderson. Yeah, and then you you've got to want to beat Phil the Power Taylor in the final to win the world championship. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's Great really any other person of all time. It's, you don't get any better than that. That's what Check out episode seventy-three if you haven't already. Word on the grapevine. <laughs> my answer was Tom Brady. Um, no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop now. I'm, I'm genuinely done now, unless it is relevant. Um, so yeah, that that is that's my run. Van Barneveld, Gary Anderson, and Phil Taylor. Nice. Um, right, I'll finish off. Uh, Wait, this I just want to put out there as well because I thought someone might ask what my entrance song would be because obviously that's big when you're a oh, dance player. And yeah. I would go Coldplay, Viva La Vida. 
Nice. That would be a great Not one for sure. crowd. Sure. Sure. Once it kicks in, up oh, crowd, when it fades off, everyone going, oh. I, I like it. it. I do yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah, I think maybe. once you're there, mate, I think once you're there and it happened, yeah. you might, maybe. yeah, that's class. We'll, we'll try it. it. We'll probably come out to fucking <laughs> fix you or something. Just everyone's on a dart. When I get my dartboard, when I get my dartboard up in garage, we'll get everybody around and get get. Yeah, theme music. Yeah, 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 yeah. go down. I'll go down well, Aggie, sorry, mate. Let's say yours. No, man, it's all right. Um, I'm going to go back to uh, to what Kemp said and go with football. Um, despite playing fullback for the majority of my short-lived career, I'm going to go with holding midfielder in CDM just in front of the back four. Very similar to what I do on FIFA, just break up play. And, and, and win the out. ball back, and then yeah, nobody else. Yeah, <laughs> the com- the compliance the officer of football, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no nonsense. Yeah. Very very keen. If it's out he'll of be play, telling, it's not... he'll be telling referee rules. <laughs> <laughs> a a town player will make a foul, and then he'll be saying to the ref, "Ref, that were a foul." That. <laughs> <laughs> he'll bring the book out. <laughs> we already know the refs don't know the rules, so yeah, I can help with that. But no, as long as the ball's not in the back of the net, who gives a shit? So. Yeah, in the just in front of the back four, winning the ball, passing it to somebody beside me that can pass properly and let it go from there. Maestro. So, so Ike, I've got a question for you because you've been asking unbelievable questions to everybody else. So, if you were to model your footballing career then as a CDM, just sat in front of the back four of 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 you model it on any professional footballer that's ever played the game, whose career would you like to emulate in that respect? Whose whose career would you like to model? Mate, I'm glad you asked me that because I've actually written down. Roy Keane. It has to be Keane, doesn't it? It has Gotta to be, be Keane. Gotta be. I think he may be Claude McAlegley or something like that, but yeah. Oh, but he's English, isn't he? He's not going to no foreign muck over here. That's true. That's true. He's got Irish. Oh, fuck oh, it. Yes. What, yes. what am I on about there? What am I on about there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a very quick question from, from me, Aggie. We, we, you asked Kemp about his career path. What's yours? Are you town through and through, no matter where they go and where they drop to, or are you start at town, go somewhere else and come back like Don't Kemp lie. said, or do you Don't never lie. touch it? Right, I've got lie. ambition. I'm going wherever offers me the most money. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your number, Aggie? 17. Always seventeen. I like always it. Seventeen. I'm always. 17, I know he's seventeen mate. on pro clubs, but I didn't think that'd be. Uh, no, no I, I like it. I like it. Seventeen all the way through. There we go. Nice you, one. You would like it if you played for me, Ag. You'd be number four, and that'd be it. No conversation. <laughs> no conversation, son. That's yours. <laughs> you can have seventeen, but you're on the bench every week. You never get yeah, to start. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Happy days. Ag, good question, mate. And we, we've all, well, just about all gone relatively different, at least between you and and Kemp. You went different positions, but uh, next up, Mr. Thomas Kemp. Let's hear your question, mate. Oh shit. Hardest uh, question well, of the week, by the way. Hardest question of the week. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. I've just realised I've not actually got an answer. So oh, I've, 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 well, That's how hard it is. I'll come to Dawson last then. <laughs> yeah. so, well, so, I'll, I'll have it ready. Yeah, and I think this question is so difficult because of the plethora of, 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 of these types of things that have existed in the world. Um, so I've gone a little bit different. Usually it's, it's purely sport-based, but this week I've kind of crossed over a little bit. There's been a little bit of a crossover between sports and gaming. So Love, loving all... the crossover theme with boxing crossover. and all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, love that from you. Um, so yeah, I've 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 done a little bit of sport, but also a little bit of gaming. Uh, and we all, as we mentioned, pro clubs a couple of times tonight. We all like to have a game from time to time. It gives it relieves the stress a little bit, and, and we all like it uh, as a hobby. So my question was and is, uh, what is your favourite sports video game of all time? And Aggie. I will start with you. 
Yes, uh, similar to the theme that you went with when you said that your your best moment of the week was purchasing football manager. Um, I have gone for a football manager game. However, I've gone for LMA manager in 2005. I remember in 2002, I got the uh, LMA game for Christmas and I sat there thinking this game's going to be absolutely Yeah, Yeah, sat there thinking that I'm not going to be able to play any of the games. I literally just sit and watch it. Stop, it's be stop, 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 stop. You are not allowed to say sat here thinking without then doing the impression. You are not allowed to continue with what you're saying until you, you know, do it, the Charlie. It, 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 no impression it is. Charlie Nicholas saying sitting here thinking. You cannot continue with what you're saying until you've done it. That's the rule. They sitting here thinking in the Scottish accent. No, I'm all right, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. so I just sit there thinking. That's it. Say it. Just do it. Um, so I start playing I the game. I will hold and this really episode hostage <laughs> for the next. And He's been in a hotel room. Three in the I morning. Come on, Aggie, get it on, boy. It's not happening. Let me get on with what I'm saying. I'll, I, so, will ring, I will ring uh, your landline live on air. There was the. I'm, I'm carrying on. Aggie, hey, shut up. I'm carrying Aggie, on. Aggie, I'm carrying on. I'm carrying Aggie, on. Shut up. I'm carrying on. Do it. No. Do I can't it. do a Scottish accent, so I'll just move on. <laughs> so the, with the, the, the soundtrack for LMA 2005 was decent, and I liked the little invention. I don't know if anybody was aware back then with PS2, you could have the iToy, where when you started playing the game, you had to take a picture of you happy, disappointed, and neutral. For me, obviously, all reactions were the exact same. But <laughs> it then reflect, reflected what happened throughout the season. I did so his happiest face in his iToy said <laughs> neutral. <laughs> <laughs> that, were like you, that were like you were doing a best man speech that he got a little laugh from room and he just paused just to appreciate the laugh. Yeah. And I'll, 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 carry, I'll carry on now. On a sick, like on a sitcom. He let, yeah. it, let it breathe, wait, didn't wait he? For, wait, wait for audience applause. Canned laughter, laughter. Let laughter. it breathe. Yeah, yeah, canned laughter. That's it. Canned laughter. That's it. I'm so sitting here thinking. <laughs> But yeah, the game was, uh, I think, quite a bit ahead of time for the uh, reactions as well. So yeah, enjoyed that yeah. game. All right. Well, well unfortunately, Aggie, you are, your opinion is null and void because you didn't do a sitting out thing and, uh, in a Charlie Nicholas yeah. voice. So although LMA 2005 is an unbelievable answer, the amount of hours I've poured into that game over the years, uh, yeah. especially with my mate, I'd, I'd always used to be Sunderland, he always used to be Wolves, and we always used to battle for the championship. And I always used to start the same players, and he always used to start the same players as well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was uh, fond memories. But, yeah, unfortunately, I fuck you, you're disqualified. Sam, uh, on to you next. What is your favourite <laughs> video, sports video game of all time? Really, really, really fucking hard for me. And it took me a long... This is probably the question I've got blank for the longest period of time. Clearly, Dawson has only filled it in just now, so... I've had, horrible, I've had a shortlist all week and I've just not been able to narrow it down because, yeah, it's... it's yeah, I will give my honourable mention before I say it. Fight Night Round Three was was on, and it was on my list until about two days ago. And I said it out loud to Dawson. You're like, ah, I don't think I think you should say this one instead. And it's FIFA 13. Now oh. FIFA FIFA 13 for me wasn't just any old FIFA. Way. It's oh, it's same same FIFA every year. It's fucking not. FIFA 13 was the fucking apex of FIFA gaming, and it's been on a downhill downhill trend ever since that that, that uh, year. Ultimate team. I completely Un- agree, by the way. Yeah, yeah, FIFA yeah. 13, best FIFA game of all time, FIFA 13. Hands it was down. unbelievable. It was the smoothest gameplay, um, pure attacking football, non-stop. Um, the, the, uh, the ultimate team was by far the best ultimate team there was, and uh, the Bundesliga team was cracked, as the kids say these this, these day and age. So um, I had a Bundesliga team. I had Robin on the, le- the right, 
Ribery slash Royce uh, intermitted between the two on the left. Lewandowski up front. Piss check right back. Uh, I think it might have been Grosskreutz left back, I think, maybe. Blasikovsky uh, right mid. Blasikovsky sub right mid. Obviously, I got yeah. Robin Anta, so he'd come on for the last five minutes. But uh, nice. if you if I'm cutting inside... Sula and Gundogan down the middle, perhaps. Oh, no, down middle. Gundogan yeah, 100%. Schweinsteiger, Schweinsteiger. Yeah, yes, it would have been. Would have been. Bastard, Gundogan yeah, and Schweinsteiger. Yeah, that's right. And Philip Lahm were floating around there somewhere as well. It was a fucking unbelievable team. And obviously... Um, Neuer in net as well so centre-back pairing was goat as well I think it was Hummels and Boating and Boating was like nice. unbelievable on, yeah, on FIFA yeah, yeah. fast and strong uh, but you know that whenever you're cutting inside from that right-hand side Robin left foot every time it's going in that far top corner and I rinse and repeated that against Dawson at least 500 times I think <laughs> when we played uh, online friendlies we are we are ultimate team uh, co-op co piss as well you got can't forget the year can't forget the co-op and all on that. Me and Dawson put some serious hours into into co-op. No one really tends to play co-op these days too, too much. And and yeah, co-op, we absolutely am at that. And to this day, to this day, the greatest goal I've ever seen scored on any FIFA ever was by me and him. On It was Hulk for Brazil. And I think you was on the left side. And I think you uh, crossed Alex, it in with... The ex-Chelsea the centre-back Alex, yeah. Pinged it, pinged it far side to across pitch to the other side at penalty box and left foot volley right in fucking far top stanchion. It was a one of the best, well, was the best goal I've ever scored or ever seen on a on an ultimate team platform. So yeah, FIFA 13 for me holds some unbelievable gaming memories. Yeah, and you know what, as well, FIFA 13, you mentioned, and I, I completely agree with everything you've just said there, but let's not forget the soundtrack. Us Against the yes. World by Clement Martha on the front line. Unbelievable track. We've got um uh we've got let it roll. Come on, baby, let the good times roll. Whoa. Unbelievable. Yeah, the soundtrack, the game, the ultimate team. That's when ultimate team you could play it, you could earn coins, and and it wasn't just completely fucked by kids using the mum's credit cards. Um it was it was proper FIFA. And you know, it's it's you they say don't be sad that it's over, be glad that it happened. And and that's one thing I am glad about for FIFA, FIFA 13 in particular, but FIFA 13 was a moment in time. It really, really was. I was just finishing college. You know, it was I was all over it. It was unbelievable. It was a moment in time captured. And uh, yeah, for me, there'll never be a better FIFA game than FIFA 13. So Sam, unbelievable shout. Well done from me. I'm going to go next because I'm giving Dawson as much opportunity as I possibly can. I don't, can. I don't, I don't know, mate. I can't. For him to, can't. For him to decide, because because while I'm saying this, he'll probably change his mind a couple more times. So I want to build yeah. that suspense in his head more than anything else. And for me, it's not a traditional game where you think, oh, you know, it's an NFL game or a FIFA game or something like that. It's a game that quite literally probably changed the entire world. And it's actually a fact. The last time I checked, it's the best-selling game of all time. And that is Wii Sports. Now, uh-huh. when it came out, what like it, it, there was nothing like it when it first came out. Wii Sports. You could play golf in your front room. You could play tennis and bo- boxing in your front room. Um, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't the best. The, the Joy Cons and the and the Wii remotes didn't work a hundred percent of the time. You know, perfectly. But you know what? It was the number one best-selling game in the world ever for a reason. The main reason being is that a free copy came with every Wii console. But you know, it, it still was. It still was very, very good. Um, and again, it changed the get changed the way that that people play games. And there's a reason we sold so well 
one of the reasons was we sports, you know, if I said to my granddad or, or somebody like that, you know, let's have a game of FIFA, you know, he'd sit there and say, well, I don't, I don't play game. I don't do that. I don't play computer games. You know, it's Atari or, or you know, Commodore or whatever was it, you know, Hopscotch. Yeah. Hopscotch. Yeah. That were his game. That were his video game. Um, but we sports changed all that. And he is to this day, the only person I've ever seen, Get a hole in one on Wii Sports Golf. Nice, <laughs> nice. So shout out to him, and uh, yeah, uh, I still go on the on the Switch Sports these days, and do still play a little bit of golf. All these years later, I think what must be sixteen years later now. So yeah, definitely changed my game in life, and uh, put some hours into that game. So revolutionary. Um, nobody had ever seen anything like it before, and and people are still getting enjoyment from the sort of, sort of successor of that game now. So I'm gonna go with Wii Sports. We, we was fucking lethal, absolutely lethal. I remember when it first came out, Jake, Jake Green, he, he got one. He was like one of the first people on the state to get one. So I always ran his ass playing uh, tennis and, and golf. But that fucking tennis, you, you forget where you are at times. You, you you think you're in game and the next minute you're fucking diving, swinging for it and you're about to put fucking telly through. It's, it's a lethal game. Is. Is. And you know what? Even now on Switch Sports, I'll have a game against, uh, I'll have a game against Bland on like bowling and tennis and stuff like that. And if she's beating me, I get so fucking pissed off. I get so into it. I get so into it. It's I can believe that. It's, and she's just not bothered. She don't care. She's so laid back. She's just like, yeah, hey, whatever. And I'm like, rate competitive. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's like still from Wii Sports all, all the way back then. I've got a follow-up question, but I want an answer from all of you, if possible. Obviously, uh, Wii Sports has multiple sports on there. Is it tennis, golf, boxing, um, bowling, I think. I don't think there's anything else. Obviously, you've got your like, training stuff as well. But if you could get Wii Sports, but you could only play one of the sports for the rest of time and you have to bin the rest, what, uh, which one are you picking? Sam, will go with you first. Tennis. Definitely tennis. Aggie? Bowling. Kempe? It was it was tennis, golf, baseball, boxing. And oh, bowling. baseball. Baseball, yeah. Baseball was, in there. Yeah. It doesn't change my answer. It'd be golf. But Ooh, rather unsurprisingly, rather unsurprisingly, surely it'd be golf. Yeah. I'm Clifford. Yeah. Although I did enjoy the baseball a lot as well. I really yeah. did enjoy the baseball as well. Yeah, baseball. So I'd flip a coin on tennis and bowling. I think I'm I'm really stuck, but maybe bowling, maybe, just because you got a bit more out of that because I was fucking unreal at tennis. But anyway, yeah, I just there wanted to ask that as a follow-up. Fair enough. So you've asked your follow-up, and now I'm going to sort of uno reverse card you and ask you, what is your favourite video game? Of all time. Sports video game of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish you had asked just video game, mate, because I'd have an answer straight away and it'd be GTA 5 and uh, we can move on with the day. We but, could move uh, on, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really struggling. Just say I've GTA got... 5 and then just say it is a sports game because you can play golf on it. And Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tennis. Yeah. Tennis, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did think about adding Tekken Tag Tournament just for the bowling mode on there, but apparently that wasn't applicable, even though I'd say it's combat. Uh, but that's by the by. Yeah, I've got so many on my shortlist, lads, and I'm looking at it now, thinking which one do I save to last to say that I'm 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 committing FIFA 13. Unbelievable shout! Completely agree with with all points made. LMA Manager 2005, another game. Championship Manager Five, I put up there as my sort of management game as the one that I just put hours and hours and hours in there. Uh, Snooker on the PS2, a bit of a wild shout, but again, a game that I put so much time in back in the day. Brian Lara Cricket on the PS1, again, just I'm, I'm just trying to think of games that are hours and hours and hours. Uh, Fight Night Round 3, Sam, you're absolutely right to have that as an honourable honourable mention. Uh, when we talk about franchise games, obviously we play a lot of Madden. Madden 18 for me was the peak of, of what it could do and, and what you could do with that and has been downhill ever since. 
F1, me and Aggie, we played that, or we have done a lot, and 2010 for me was was the peak. And, and I've got two left on my list that I've not mentioned, and I don't know what to go with. I've, right, I've committed. So, And Athens, I've, got, I've got an idea in my head, what, you, what you've gone for. Athens 2004 is my runner-up. Phenomenal game, just obviously so many different game modes, hours and hours, just again, going back to that, so much time put into it. But when I think back, what is the game? that I just put untold amounts of time into, you know, build up to get to the end goal or to get to where you want it to be. And for me, it's Virtua Tennis because we talk about tennis for the Wii and how addictive that was and, and everything else like that. Virtua Tennis, if we're talking about perfect gameplay and everything else like that, it was just amazing. And again, me and Sam have always mentioned it as a game that back in the day we just put an ungodly amount of hours into career mode, building up your, your player. It was never really deep in terms of what you could do. It was just, just on the court. It was fucking great to play. So I'll, I'll go with Virtua Tennis as a bit of a, a wild card as, a, as my favourite sports game ever. Fair enough. And to be fair, you've, you've named pretty much every sports game that's ever been. <laughs> that's how much, there, that's so how much I struggled. Yeah. You've covered it well, but do you know what? You know what? What is crazy about all these games and all these games that we love so dearly uh, is that one day, lads, we turned off our PlayStation Twos or our Wii's, uh, and we never played that game again, which is uh, which yeah. is sad to think of. But let's brighten up the mood, and I'll uh, I'll hand it back to Dawson to uh, to reveal the wheel once more and find out whose question we've got next. It's uh, it's me, lads. So uh, Sam, we're saving you to the end, which is probably fair considering uh, considering your question for the week. But my question for you, lads, is uh, what was your favourite, or I suppose what is your favourite sporting childhood memory? And uh, Sam, I'd like to come to to you first for this one. Yeah, um, favourite sporting childhood memory. Um, sat again, giving it a good think. Had plenty back in the day, thinking about. England and you know a couple of I watched football a lot as a kid you've got your treble winners and you know all them going around in my head and then I thought you know what I'm going to think of something that's actually personal to me and it is the very first time that I went to Old Trafford and watched a football game I was only about I want to say about maybe 10 to 12 ish and my tiny little infant brain just couldn't quite comprehend the scale of the inside of a football stadium like that. And I was just in absolute awe. I walked in and it was it was only United at home against Blackburn. United won 3-1. It were a pretty comfortable job. Uh, this is going back to, I'm just trying to think what era it would have been. I must have been around about 10. I think it was about 2002. And uh, and yeah, it was uh, my first time at Old Trafford, and you, you like you walk out, you see the crowd, and you you, you get a bit of breath taken away from you, and it were it were a, were a moment that I'll I'll never ever forget, and it's yeah uh, yeah it was first time seeing Old Trafford. Can't argue with that, can you? Like you said, very personal to you, Man United, Blackburn. You know, probably not the biggest game, but to you at the time, it would have meant everything, and it's a, an unbelievable memory. So uh, yeah, I can't fault that whatsoever, Aggie. Favourite sporting childhood memory? Similar to uh, Sam's, this is one that's quite personal to me. So back in 2003, about 10 days before my um, 11th birthday, my dad, for a little early birthday treat, took me to what would be my first ever football match that I'd go and watch, which is Chesterfield versus Sheffield United at the then Saltergate <laughs> in the Kevin Randall testimonial game. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever witnessed, obviously, a football match, obviously, 
the environment, it, everything that comes with it. I'd seen them all on TV and everything. Um, that game finished one nil to Sheffield United, courtesy of Carl. Hey, yes, sir. They cheated, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm checking that in there for Kemp to uh, just have his little chant about. But yeah, Carlos Saba scored the goal. But in general, like the event itself, I really enjoyed it. So for the following four years, we then bought season tickets. You know, we went to the games and and that's it. But yeah, it was my first memory. It was my first football game with my dad. And from there on, you know, we went to watch loads sometimes home and away. So yeah. Fell in love with Chesterfield from there. You poor, poor man. It could have come away from that ablade, so it could have been worse, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should have learnt in that moment, shouldn't he? Or maybe I should go with these instead. Um, I'll go next. Um, and I'm going to take you back to 1999. A, uh, a young nine-year-old skin was going on a, a very rare summer holiday to uh, Torquay for the, uh, for the week with the family. And um, I, I still remember getting there about... It was around about halfway through the first half of the Manchester United versus Newcastle game, the second leg of their quest to win the treble, the FA Cup final at uh, at Wembley, which Man United won 2-0, which then set them up for a midweek game at the new Camp against Bayern Munich in the Champions League final to uh, win the treble. Um, obviously, it being in the evening, I think it was a Wednesday night, I think back in the day when uh, when it was midweek before they moved it to a Saturday Um and yeah, you know what it's like when you're at a holiday park, you do your stuff in the day, you're in the caravan and then you go out at night, you know, on the on the site, entertainment, whatever it whatever it was. Um, and I was watching the game while everyone was getting ready. I wasn't getting ready because my eyes were pinned to the telly, which was about that fucking big, you know, back in 1999. I was about that far away from it, static in the lot. Um, Mario Basler scored for uh, Bayern Munich about six minutes in to give them a very early lead. And it didn't look like it was changing you know, I was absolutely gutted, sat there with the face on, didn't want to go out and all that all that kind of usual stuff. And then uh, Terry, Teddy Sheringham, of course, came on and equalised right at the end. I went absolutely fucking barmy in the caravan and, and was about to cry thinking that, you know, because my mum had just been talking about, right, it's time to go out when this is finished and thinking that I was going to miss that extra time. But thankfully she said, you know, we can stay and watch it if you want, so, so don't worry. So I was like, right, get in, settle in now. And then we know what happened next. Ali Gunnar Solskjaer stuck his right leg out and... Uh, the rest is history. We all know what happened there. So, yeah, just an unbelievable moment. I think I about wrecked the caravan after that moment, going from being absolutely fuming, not wanting to go out, to being really excited that I was allowed to stay in, in the caravan to watch that extra 30 minutes, to not needing it at all. And and obviously what happened happened, one of the biggest sporting in moments in UK football and world football history. And, yeah, I, I still remember it to this day. Sat in a little caravan in Turkey, absolutely miles away from home. Um, yeah, loving life. So, for me, that's my uh, favourite childhood sporting memory. And Solskjaer has won it. United yeah. reached the promised land. What yeah. a bit of commentary that is. Oh, Clive Tilsley, <clears throat> the, the goat forever just for that. I had an old Trafford um, alarm clock back in the day, probably in my sort of early teenage years. I remember. The alarm, yeah, the, the alarm was that line. So, yeah, waking up to that every single morning for a few years. Uh, I wish I still had it now. It was not too long ago, actually. I was on eBay trying to source it out, but... Seems like it's uh, it's nowhere to be found, unfortunately. If anyone does come across it, let me know. But yeah, unreal memory, unreal moment. What a game. Uh, and of course, completed the treble. So Kempi, we'll come to you, mate, to uh, finish off on my question. What mm. is your favourite sporting childhood memory? So I'm going to swear you all on this one. I, I gave you all a little bit of an indication as to what it might be. Uh, but, I've changed, but I've changed my mind. 
I've changed my mind and I've changed my mind since we've been recording actually as well. Uh, so we've all talked about personal experiences and, and yes, Dawson, you're talking about when you saw something happen live and, and a really special story. My initial answer was David Beckham's free kick to send England to the Euros, was it? Or the World Cup? For the record, Whoa. fuming that, fuming that yeah. you've changed your mind because that's, <laughs> I've, I've thought of another one because that's what I'm I wanted. Sorry. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can still yeah. have that one to be fair, mate. If you Thank want. You. Do you want to, should we just, Honourable, yeah, reverse, honourable mention. Reverse, 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 yeah. Honourable mention, Sam going to Old Trafford. Sam's number one is Beckham scoring against Greece. And I do apologise, Sam, that I've I've nicked it. But hopefully I've nicked it for a good reason and you're happy with the reason why I have. So I've brought a little prop uh, to Loaded Sport tonight, which we never usually do. But this here is a medal, okay? And on there, you probably won't be able to read it, but I'll read what it says to you. It says, Sheffield United FC... Versus Ipswich Town FC, Nationwide League Division One, home mascot Friday the thirtieth of April, two thousand and four. Nice. So when I was a young young man, uh, nine years of age, just turned nine, uh, I got uh, a mascot day for for my birthday from my dad. Um, and obviously you get there way before the game. It was a night match to be fair as well, and obviously it was April, so it was just getting warmer, uh, and the nights were just starting to get <clears throat> a little bit lighter. Um, and you get there well before you meet all the players. And in 2004, I mean, you can imagine that was prime Warnock. And that was yeah. prime squad. That <laughs> were Morgan, that were Macca, that were Warnock, that were Jags. That were, you know, my, my team, my golden generation, essentially. Peter Unlove, Paul Pesky Salido, they were all there. Uh, my heroes, as it were, back in the day. Um, and, uh, and and obviously I met them all. You go through the changing room, you go, go out and warm up with them. Uh, and you go through the entire process. You've got a stadium tour. You even go on the roof of Bramwell Lane into the uh, into the media boxes because to get to the media boxes in the gantry, you've got to go on the roof and then okay, down man. into the gantry. Uh, so we even went up there, and it was unbelievable. I still remember it so vividly to this day. Um, and how crazy is that? What nineteen years ago? That I still remember it so clearly as I do now. But yeah, I was a mascot. I had an unbelievable time. But I think the best thing about it um, was walking out onto the pitch. Uh, as a nine-year-old young man in my full Sheffield United kit, uh, full kit wanker, full kit wanker, walking out with Rob Page, Sheffield United captain, Wales manager, yeah, Robert Page, Robert Page. Uh, yeah, walked out with Robert Page uh, to a full Bramall Lane on a Friday night. Um, yeah, it's bringing a tear to my eye. To be fair, I was just remembering it, but uh, yeah, scoring a goal past Paddy Kenny in front of the cop. Um, yeah, it was a, a really, really special night and. Uh, Ooh, I didn't expect to get fucking emotional here, boys, but I have a little bit. Jesus Christ. I've I've, I've had this in my, my, my drawer for, for ages and I just leave it there. And I, you know, it's just... Oh, a, get it out. Get it out. Get it on your desk. souvenir, but yeah, <clears throat> I think it will have to get out because uh, that's just made me uh, a bit emotional there. So um, yeah, that's that's mine. I didn't expect to get emotional to that, boys. Didn't even expect this to be my answer, but there you go. There you go. That's my uh, that's my favourite. Uh, I think you've yeah. just uh, I think you've just pissed all over all around there. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I saved him until the end. Um, brilliant, happy days. Well, uh, Sam, right, you've been first for each of the two weeks that we've uh, had this new format, but it is now for the first time ever for you to close the right. show. So uh, I'll leave it with you. Okay, right. None of this soppy shit. None of these fucking tears anymore. We're getting down to it. And I've I've had some bugbears to get off my chest. And I thought, you know what? I even messaged the boys earlier 
earlier in the week and I says, you know what, just scrap my segment. I'm just going to use it purely to fucking vent about something. And then I thought, no, fuck that. I want to hear what they want to vent about as well. So my question is, what is something in the world of sport that you would like to vent about this week? So, but not something that's happened this week, just what would you like to vent about? Mine has to be the Green Bay fucking Packers because Jesus Christ, we are shit. And just... I, I got this. I, I can't get my words out. This was directly after the recent loss Sunday to the Denver fucking Broncos. Denver Broncos are an absolute shit show. Uh, left a couple of notes in here. I was about one in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I thought, right, I'm just going to start writing notes out about it. Six first half points in the last four games. Six first half points in the last four games. That is absolutely unbelievable. We are currently 32nd in the league in offense in the first half, right? We are first in the league in offence in the second half. So that, to me, tells me that our play callers are a bigger, biggest pile of fucking shit that are, that are going at a minute because we've clearly got the players that can make the plays because they're doing it in the second half. Why the fuck can't they call them plays in the first half when we're not 17, 20, nil down at half time? So that's one. That's, that's my first big. Um, we're just getting shut out all the time at half time. Last four games, as I say, six points, made a really fucking poor Broncos team look good. Um, <clears throat> just looking through a couple of notes here because uh, it has been a while since I read them. Uh, yeah, came into the uh, came into the game dead last in a load of defensive categories. This was the Broncos, and and again we, we lost two of them, which is just unacceptable. We've got a wide, a wide receiver, Christian Watson, that has got all the ability in the world to become a number one receiver in the league, and is made of fucking paper. Again, went down injured right at the end of the game, and it looks like he might be missing a, an extended period of time. We've only just got him back. He missed like the first four games through injury as well, so that's brilliant. Um, Injuries all over to our defence, our strength and conditioning coach. We've, we've had the same strength and conditioning coach for about the last 20 years, it seems like. We, whenever we have a different set of coaching staff, they always stay. It's always them that stay there, and they're absolutely useless. Little stupid soft tissue injuries like hamstrings, something that we know hamstring injuries are just from pulls, sprints, and it's something that you can kind of negate if, you, if, you, if you're practising and stretching right before a game, which is something that they're clearly not fucking doing. Uh, we've got a very young offensive line which shows we've got no leadership whatsoever. I said in the off-season on this very podcast that we needed a veteran-wide receiver, and this is what's coming back to Aunters now. We've got a bunch of rookies and, and second-year players at wide receiver, and they, they've just got no leaders whatsoever. I've seen one pass... I think it was the game-ending interception that Love threw. And straight away, I says, that's on Love. That's a fucking shocking decision. Matt LaFleur's come out afterwards and said, no, that's his fault. He shouldn't have tried getting all the yards in one go. And then someone else, uh, Kurt Benker, which is a really fucking deep dive. You'll Probably none of you have ever even heard of him. He was the Packers' third-string quarterback about two or three years ago. We cut him, and he's fizzled around the league. He's, he's played backup, essentially, for about six different NFL teams. Uh, and now he's, he's released a book about what it's like being an NFL quarterback and you know a journeyman sort of thing. Really interesting stuff. And he seems to have got a bit of a soft spot for Green Bay, and he's quite opinionated on us. And he's saying... These sort of throws just aren't on Jordan Love. It's had a veteran receiver on he had it through we was on like the probably 45-ish, and Jordan's gone straight deep shot into the end zone, corner end zone, it's been picked off game over. 
he was saying that a, a veteran receiver would know because it was slightly underthrown. So I guess that is a partial bit of his fault. But they, because the ball was slightly underthrown, the receivers are told to work through towards the ball because the defender's going to make contact then. It's a flag and it's a, it's pass interference. Apparently, it's it's just absolute 101 receiver knowledge that everyone should know to do that. And you're going to get a flag every single time. And they didn't do it. They kept fight, fighting for the ball, kept running, didn't stop his run and the defender picked it off so stupid things like that and I thought you know what this is getting absolutely ridiculous um uh yeah we've lost to 50% of the AFC West so far this year and just just for reference it's the fucking worst part of the AFC West we've already lost to so we've lost to Denver we've lost to the Raiders we've got the Chargers and we've got the fucking um Patrick Mahomes led in it Indianapolis Colts. Patrick Mahomes led Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, I can't get words that. Can't get words trade. that. Yeah. So uh, we've we've got them games to come. Uh, we've got Vikings at the weekend. Normally, I'd be quite confident. I always fancy us against the Vikings. This week, I have got no fucking expectation whatsoever. So yes, that I feel so much better for airing that off because we're shit. We need to improve. Matt Lafleur for me is on the cusp. He needs to book his ideas up. Book his ideas up, or he needs to go. Same as in above him, Brian Gutekunsk. Um, and that the state of the Packers at the minute is is not good. And a franchise like that, yeah, someone like Tina, I know it'll turn around and say, oh, woe is me, you've had two franchise quarterbacks, I've got no sympathy for you. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, we're a fucking, I hold my franchise in a higher regard than the fucking Chicago Bears. We're, we're a perennial Super Bowl contending team, and to see our team being run like this, it's just not good enough. So that's my rant for this week. And Dawson, I'll pass it over to you, mate. Well, uh, I suppose the, the, my first follow-up question is we're, we're a long way off from the off-season um, and I'm, I'm going to guess that you've got no sort of hopes when it comes to a playoff run of any kind. So is it just a case of sit and wait out or are there things that you think could or should happen over this short term, let's say next two or three weeks that could you know, get some kind of instant improvement? Is Are there free, agency, free agents out there? Is it, you know, looking for a trade? Is it making that mid-season back office move? Like, what, what do you think is a potential short well, term I, improvement? I, I believe the trade deadline's just ended. I believe the trade deadline ended this week, did it not? So, I think I we've... Um, it's a bit later in the season. I'm sure... It's next week. Week is it eight, next week? Isn't it? I thought... Yeah, it on next the, week, week eight. Week eight, okay, fair enough. So, maybe we, we have got some time to make some trades in but we need a veteran receiver that's one thing we absolutely need so I don't know how we'd go about it I know we, we, we're strapped for cash and I, I get that I get that um, obviously we're still carrying the boatload of, of Rogers' old contract David Bakhtiar is hamstringing us so I get that we, we're in a really tough position and, and I get that it's it is kind of a rebuilding year, but we've got so much talent on that roster. On defence, we've got like nine of the 11 first-round picks. There's no excuse for it. We're stacked in defence with first-round picks. These players should be playing better. A run defence, years and years has been poor. I'd love to see us get a run stuffer, you know, a Vita Vea or someone like that. They'll be an unbelievable signing for us. Um, so we've got to make some moves. If we're not going to make some moves, this season's done. It's a matter of just seeing what we've got in love. He's got a full season to show us. We, we, one thing that Brian Gutekunds did do in the off-season, which was probably the best thing he's, he's done recently, is um, instead of picking up Jordan Love's fifth-year option, he, he declined the fifth-year option and signed him to a one-year contract, which is, I, I've never really seen that before, and I thought it were a really clever move. Uh, so we're not paying him too much, obviously. So it's just to see what you've got kind of year with us. Um, offensive line's in trouble. We need, we need some veteran presence on the offensive line. Um, yeah, so it, it, I, I thought the trade deadline had gone. I must admit, but yeah, if, if the trade deadline is next next Tuesday, I want I want to see us making some moves because it's um, it's it's not good enough what I've uh, what I've seen so far this year. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, if things aren't getting better in Green Bay, at least you feel better for uh, for getting it off your chest, mate. Who would you like to go to next for their uh, their rant of the week? I suppose we'll call it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you, mate. I was was going to throw it to you there, so I'll I'll stick with you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've I've struggled this week, lads, big time with, with my answers. Um, originally, if if we were recording this, or if you'd have asked this question for last week, I probably would have gone for the state of the New England Patriots. Um, but then they decided to go and beat the Buffalo Bills last Sunday. So I feel like it's the wrong time to to sort of lay into them. And Definitely. then I thought, what's the sort of, you know, Glazers, um, you know, that's sort of the generic one. But then I thought, well, we've spoke about it and I'm only going to say what everyone else is saying. So it feels like a bit of wasted time. Then um, you mentioned Anthony, uh, the Manchester United <laughs> player. And, and for me, the just he's one of the worst players I've ever seen in a Manchester United shirt. But I won't go into it because then otherwise I'm using my time to rant about him. Um, but up until sort of this time last night, it was going to be my opinion of Anthony and the Manchester United team. But then I was watching Newcastle versus Dortmund in the Champions League last night and um, Sandro Tonali came on and obviously they were they alluded to the fact that he was he was probably going to be out for a while after that game, not stating specifically why. And that then I was like, right, I'm on the path now. So uh, this fucking gambling bollocks in football, lads, right? Obviously, even Tony is about three, about two and a half months away from returning um, from an eight-month ban. Apologies for keep looking away. I've got some notes. So Ivan Tony is, uh, is about two and a half months away uh, from returning from an eight-month ban. Um, Sandro Tonali, as we know in the news at the moment, is, is looking like he's about to be... Um, hit with a 10-month ban from all competitions and all football. And I think it is absolute hypocrisy and absolute fucking bollocks that we're in this position because the English Football League at the moment is sponsored by Skybet and has been for a number of years now. Um, Eight out of the 20 current Premier League clubs, which is 40%, are sponsored by a gambling company on the front of their shirt. You put any football on and the advertisements around the ground, um, advertisements during halftime, everything else is has some kind of gambling company plastered all over it. Um, at the university, I, I didn't catch which one, but in 2020, when I was trying to do a bit of research for this, did a, I did a study on five televised games and it showed that there was a gambling reference every 21 seconds, whether that was wow. an advert, whether that was something showing up on the pitch, whether that was a sponsor on the front of a shirt. 21 seconds on average, a gambling company was referenced or shown. Um, so from 2026 to 27 season, there will be no more shirt sponsors on the front of Premier League club shirts. That doesn't fall down to the AFL, it's just purely Premier League. But they're still allowed, these side sleeve sponsors that are now all the craze, they're still allowed gambling uh, companies there. Um, I'm just trying to find, and also on the sideline as well. So around the pitch, they can still have um, gambling sponsors, the gambling company sponsor them there. And it's just baffling me a little bit. So, like I said there, Ivan Tony, eight-month ban, 232 breaches and a £50,000 fine, um, which, let's be honest, cost him his spot um, in, in the World Cup last year. It, it was it came out within, what, a couple of days of the squad announcement? Another um, example of why Southgate's a liar, by the way, because at the time he said that it was nothing to do with it, and now he says it, yeah, he admits it, that that's the reason why. So, fuck yeah. that cunt, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then there's your weekly Gareth Southgate mention. So uh, there we go. Um, he did bet 13 times on his own team to lose, which granted isn't great, but he didn't play in any of those games. So again, it's not great, but it's not like he was on the pitch, you know, actively affecting the result. Uh, Sandro Tonali, like I mentioned, he's, he's set eminently pretty much for a 10-month ban, which will mean he'll miss the rest of the season and Euro 2024 should he... Um, should he should Italy make it? 
Um, and it would have been a three-year ban if it wasn't for the fact that he's co cooperating with the people investigating it to say, this is what I've done, this is where I've done it, this is what I've done, and everything else like that. It, for me, again, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on, but it just screams hypocrisy. And what what the fuck else are you meant to do? Like, I, I don't get it. I understand there's rules in place. I understand there's regulations in place. But if players are, ba are betting on things that they're not involved in, so leagues they're not involved in, games they're not involved in, like, just seriously, what is the issue? And then it's fair enough to say, right, well, we don't want you doing that. But then to have all these gambling stuff involved and all these companies that are absolutely plastered all over this product... I really, really, really do not fucking get it. And if any of you lads have got any answers to it or any defence of any of that that I've just said, then please, I'm, I'm open, I'm welcome to hear it. Because when you look at the bans that are being handed out, again, Tonali, a three-month ban if he'd not have cooperated, but then everything else that's going with that. Like I said, 40% of Premier League teams currently sponsored on the front of their shirt by a gambling company. It's fucking outrageous. But there's my rant, there's my vent, and yeah. Yeah, um, just, just for a bit of further context, sorry, Sam. Um... I don't exactly know what the breaches were from Ivan Tony. I don't exactly know what the breaches were from Sandro Tadale. I don't know every single bet that they made, and I don't know what bets they made them on. I know there were times where I think Ivan Tony, and I think I've heard this, but correct me if I'm wrong, that he did bet on some aspect of a Brentford game. Yeah, and... so he, he bet 13 times on Brentford to lose, but in each of the, not for one of those games, was he playing? It was I know, but... Like, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, but... And like I said, it's not great... But, again, 13 times, he's not actively... If he's on the pitch, fair enough, bang to rights, ban him. But it's just the hypocrisy of it all when... But then, but then, how, deep, but then how deep do you go? Because then you say, well, he might have you know, gone, gone extra hard in someone on, in, in training so that they might not have been fully fit for the game so that they will have lost and then he'd be bet on that, betting on losing. I think it's too risky. I think that, I think that is wrong. And I think it's right that Ivan Tony has been banned for betting on Brentford to lose. I completely agree with you for the for the for the record in that if I'm a if I play Sheffield United and I'm betting on Man United to win and I'm not playing against Man United or whatever, then I really don't see an issue with it. I think the problem is is that betting anywhere near your team or the opposing team on that day, I think it's just a little bit too risky, and um, and I can understand yeah, why. And I don't necessarily banned. disagree with that. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that side. But of apart it. from just... that, but apart from that, I do agree in that if you're going to spot plaster it everywhere, you know, it, it's not really right to plaster it everywhere and then say to all footballers, you're not allowed to gamble because you know you, you're plastering it everywhere. So make your mind up, sort of thing. So I do get it in that respect. Yeah, I think that's the answer. And I think for me, there just shouldn't be any gambling bet gambling sponsorships in football. I think that'd be a, a pretty quick fix. I think without gambling money, I think there's going to be another company that's going to willing to step up and, and and give that club, you know, money. So I, I don't I don't see a club missing out potentially on on finances. Um, so I'm, with, I'm with Kemp definitely with the um, the betting on on. Um, Ivan Tony, I think if you're betting around your club, I, I don't. I think that's very murky. Even if you're not playing, I think the fact that he's not playing it shows that there's all, the odds are Brentford were probably going to lose that game just for the fact that their star number nine's not there. So I think uh, it's kind of a bit of a insider trading sort of, you know, gambling on Wall Street sort of thing. I think that kind of plays into it. Um, oh, yeah. So very quickly, if I can jump in on that, so Kieran Trippier um, was banned for um, ten matches. Uh, because he'd given sort of friends and family insider info on a transfer. I think it was one from Atletico Madrid. Uh, sorry, from Tottenham to Atletico Madrid when he made that move. He basically told friends and family, look, this is happening. Lump on it if you can. 
Um, and obviously they did, and he received a 10-match ma- ten ban. So for me, you talk about insider knowledge and things like that, you know, where's the line? Like a 10-match ban for something that I would say is outright insider knowledge to, you know, an eight-month ban and a 10-month ban, and which would have been a three-year ban if, if he'd not cooperated it. Again, where's the consistency? Where's the line? We're talking about where the line is and what isn't or isn't or isn't, but a clear, uh, you know, a clear uh, incident or example of someone giving that really big insider knowledge for people to benefit, and it was a ten match ban. It just it just doesn't sit right with me in the slightest. Yeah, no, it's it's fair enough. <clears throat> there's a there's a hell of a lot of hypocrisy in it. Um, it's um, yeah, I, I, I'm more on the camp of footballers probably not being able to bet. I think it's it's kind of. It's easy enough to just draw a line under it, and I think betting on your team, you know, comes a bit murky. And just think, if you do, if footballers, let's be fair, they, they make a hell of a lot of money. It's not like they're missing out on any money, or they? they don't need to be gambling money. Yeah. I think so, some of it is boredom, though. You know, hundred percent. We know where the gambling addictions come in, and players like Paul Merson have spoken up very, very honestly and uh, about their issues with gambling. And look, we can again going back to what you said earlier, Sam, like, oh, woe is me, poor me. I'm, you know, I'm playing football and getting paid a fair whack. Like there is some boredom and things that go with that. Let's, you know, we all like a gamble and we're not involved in the game. So you know, we're we're all busy people. So when you sat at home for an afternoon and not really much going on and you know you load up bet three six five and there's an horse race and then there's this like I can understand why those things happen, especially when you're seeing it here, there, and everywhere in, in your day-to-day job. So, you know, I, I do think that despite the money they make, there should be some sympathy there with with some of the things that they might have going on or one of the reasons so. why they end up doing it. Yeah. Uh, Kemp, you will go next? Yeah. Um, for me, I was close to saying Southgate, to be fair. I really was. I've, I've ranted about him for, for so long that I thought, oh, I've got a chance to rant now. I did just cut something mm. from a previous episode and edited it. Edit, might as well. Edit, edit, edit. <clears> it's going well well to be Dawson mentioning Brady, isn't it? This is going to be all random. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it was a close second, I must admit. Um, my rant is about boxing. It's not anything in particular that's happened recently. Not anything in particular that's happening in the future. It's just boxing as a sport. Is fundamentally broken, and it's and it's it pisses me off so much because when when the fighters are in the ring and they're ready to fight, it's 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 close to MMA for me. It's not quite, but it's close to MMA for me. It, the excitement levels, the buzz, the atmosphere, the boxing events themselves, unbelievable, and, and they're always put on brilliantly well. Or for the most part, taking boxer and Sky Sports out of that, um, for the most part, they're put on really well, and and it gets you really up for the fight. And obviously, I'm a massive combat sports fan. So boxing is is primarily, you know, very, very entertaining to me. And I do enjoy watching the fights. However, I've mentioned this before in episodes of Kempi's Combat Corner, in that it's everything else that goes into boxing. It's the four, five different world title belts that you could potentially win in boxing. It's all the different promoters. It's it's ducking fights against people that you because you don't want to lose your your undefeated record. It's 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 people like Anthony Joshua having twenty fights. The first twenty fights of his career or first fifteen fights of his career were all you know against bin men and bus drivers. You know it's it's for me it, it's just I understand why they do it because the money in boxing is so much greater than it is let's say for example in MMA because of the way that boxing structured. But ultimately boxing. In terms of a in terms of a sport, was organised and was set up by organised criminals. 
back in the day. That's how boxing was initially set up. And, and it's never changed. Nothing's changed since then. You've got the WBA, WBC, the IBF, WBO, and the Ring Magazine World Championships. You've got five world championships for one weight division. And I just, you know, how can you call yourself a world champion if there's four other of you that, that have done the exact same thing? So, again, it's so frustrating to me that we've got four, we've got four world heavyweight champions at the moment in certain different guises. We've got Mah- Mah- Mahmoud Shah, who's the WBA uh, regular champion. Um, we've got Zhili Zhang, who's the WBO interim champion, and then Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. We've got three different holders of the cruiserweight belts. We've got um, Canelo Alvarez, to be fair, bless him, as unified super, super middleweight, so that's not a problem. We've got three different, four different holders of middleweight belts. It's it's so, so broken. And I think not just with the belt situation, with the promoter situation, but I think it's been brought to our attention a little bit more this year with the fact that Fury was fighting AJ, then he wasn't fighting AJ. Fury was fighting Usyk, then he wasn't fighting Usyk. AJ was fighting Wilder, then he wasn't fighting Wilder. You know, and, then, and now we've been left with AJ's got no fight, Usyk's got no fight, um, Wilder's got no fight, and Tyson Fury's fighting somebody that's never boxed in their life. So what Usyk Fury are fighting now, aren't they? <laughs> signed. Signed, apparently. Signed. Apparently Sam. being the key word there. Apparently. Sam. There's Sam. your thumbnail there. That's kept there. That's <laughs> thumbnail there. See that in it. Sam, you know boxing better than that. <laughs> and this is exactly what I mean. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk have signed to to unify the heavyweight division, to unify all the belts. And I don't. I'm not excited. Like I can't get excited because Fury might turn around one day and say you don't fancy it. And this is the problem: is that the heavyweight division is being held to ransom by Tyson Fury at the moment, this moment in time. And because the fighters have got so much power, and there's no power for the British Boxing Board of Control, there's no power for any governing body because it's all completely fragmented and split. That he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. He's fighting Francis Ngannou. Bless Francis. I love him to bits. He's never had a fucking boxing match in his entire life, and he's fighting the WBC champion of the world. And it goes even deeper than that so yeah i think there are strides that have been made but i think on top of that the most one of the most concerning things health-wise is drug testing within within boxing it's a fucking shit show it's an absolute shit show there is not it's non-existent and when it does happen even if somebody does test positive for steroids not mentioning any names connor ben it can just fight anyway it can so what's the point so it's it's dangerous it's 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 really really fucked up in every single way is boxing and it's such a shame because it's a sweet science it's the it's a beautiful sport um and unfortunately it's been wrecked by the structure of it the history of it and uh and the complete lack of of regard and drug testing because it's all about greed and money so it's a shame it's funny you were uh, you mentioned about um Usyk and Fury and believe it when you see it um I've seen a bit of noise earlier today I was watching a couple of YouTube videos and um Apparently, Usyk's come out and said he needs an extended camp to get right to get ready. I think I think he's saying about he wants wants twelve weeks or something, which is is is, is quite. I might, I might have been sixteen actually. It was something ridiculous. And whatever whatever date it was, I think Fury's got in his head. They've agreed the twenty third of December. I think that's like the the yeah. kind of written in written in pencil yeah. date. Yeah. That, and Fury's got in his head that he is fighting that date. And if it doesn't happen on that day, he's not fighting. So you can you can already see the. You can already see the split coming. It's see what I mean? 
Yeah, I do. I do. I've I seen it today. It's and, funny, and funny you say you, that. And let me give you a really good example, right, as to how the how MMA in the UFC in particular shits all over it, right? So the other day it was announced that John Jones had torn his pectoral muscle, the heavyweight champion of the world, torn his pectoral muscle completely off the bone, and therefore he won't be fighting Stipe Miocic on the 11th of November at UFC 295, okay? And that's for the World Heavyweight Championship, the UFC World Heavyweight Championship on that date, okay? Now, Dana White's not said, oh, we'll, we'll try and rearrange it or, or, or Stipe will you please still fight or pandering to these fighters like these fucking boxing promoters do do you know what's happened do you know what they've done right John you're not fit go Stipe do you want this fight or not no I don't right fuck off the heavyweight, the heavyweight division is going to have an interim champion now it's going to be Sergei, Sergei Pavlovich against the UK's Tom Aspinall boom done sorted no no dispute no issue yeah it's a shame that John Jones has pulled out but Tom Jones, Tom Jones, Tom Aspinall Asp- <laughs> Asp- and Survey Asp- Asp- Pav- Pavlovich, they, they've signed to the fight now. They can't get out of it just because they feel like pulling out. They are sat, they are contracted and signed to the fight and they want to fight. And that's the difference between boxers and, and MMA fighters. They don't want it. And it pisses me off like you've never known. It's a fair should, point. Should have said. Shout out to Tom Jones. <laughs> Aggie will be happy with that. Oh, yeah. Sam, your question, mate. We've got one more man. Oh, I've been quite looking forward to this because uh, Aggie finishes off, mate. Yeah, I've been uh, going back to the football side of things and I think this is something that we have in the past touched on ever so slightly and that oh. is uh, football ownership within uh, the, the football pyramid in general, not necessarily just within the Premier League but all the way down and the due diligence that needs to be done and improved from the FA to make sure that owners of football clubs are suitable um, to become owners. And I've got a couple of examples here. It's not just these that are examples, but they're just some of them that's taken place in the last 10 years. Yeah, Sam, they are one of them. Derby County, of course, were put into administration not too long ago. Um, And of course, you fall into League One. Bolton, Wigan have been in that situation as well. Um, Macclesfield, they've had to restart from the bottom. So have Berry, who of course were expelled from the Football League in 2019. Oldham, Chesterfield, Notts County all fell out of the Football League through poor ownership. Uh, Southend and Scunthorpe are currently sat at week to week as to whether they're even going to be a football club for the remainder of this season because I think of poor South ownership. Southend have just been bought out, haven't they? And, and the fans seem quite happy with who it is that's taken them over. It's not be- I think the issue with Southend is it's not quite being completed yet. So no. they're a little bit worried about it. But hopefully for Southend fans, as as to be fair, I am a little bit of a Southend fan. Um, hopefully that does get Fishy. sorted out soon. Yeah, what a boy. Uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be um, light in the tunnel for them. But yeah, in general, it's something that I think is becoming more common over the last decade or so. And I think there's not been enough done to make sure that uh, people that are coming in as owners are suitable and intelligent enough to be able to become owners of a football club because it isn't a sport anymore, is it? We know it's becoming a business. And as it stands, it's it's a poorly run business altogether, isn't it? So yeah, my rant, I'm not going to be as uh, as... What's the word? Is animated, uh, intense. animated, animated intense yeah. as you guys. Yeah, it's just a bit of an issue. It's not your nature, mate. It's not your nature. Not, mate. Not all. No, it's just a bit of a bit of an issue with how football's been run from certain football clubs as well. And obviously, I've been subject to that. I, I tried to leave skin out of it a little bit because I don't know if his his counts as a Chesterfield fan and was, was with us at this point. But no, I yeah, wasn't, we... mate. Yeah, I was actually on about him today, though. Funnily enough, but uh, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really paying much attention at the time. 
So he did the same sort of thing with Sheffield Wednesday, where he took them and, and tried to get them as high as possible, but then pulled all funding and decided just to fund the shortcomings to make sure the club didn't have to fold completely, but waited for... Is that big you know, Dej Panchansiri? Uh, no, it's Dave Allen. Oh, Dave Allen. I saw that. Dej Panchansiri is doing exactly the same thing to Wednesday at the minute, and I can't rate him highly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave Allen obviously did the same with us, got us in a lot of debt, um, just paid up the shortcomings and saw us fall from... League One playoffs to the National League with consecutive relegation. Well on, Dave. Have yeah, a bit of sun on me. Done you a solid there, any? Um, yeah, but I just think there needs to be more done to make sure that the finances involved with with owners can allow clubs to succeed or at least be stable enough, as opposed to taking over just as like a a little bit of a um, I don't even know what the word is that I'm trying to find. To be fair, um, not nostalgia. It's, um... it's uh, go on. No, I know. It's just, you're absolutely right. It's, the, the, it's the, called the fit and proper owner test, isn't it, that the yeah. uh, the EFL and, and the governing body's doing. And it's it's an absolute disgrace in the checks they do. They just they kind of do a false check just to see if they've got any kind of finances to back them and seeing where the money's coming from. And that's a potential, that's pretty much it, the whole check they're doing. Uh, I mean, I know first and obviously as a Derby fan, as you say, we went right through the shit, um, you know, two years ago. Chris Kirchner, remember that twat? Yeah, Chris I was, Kirchner. I was waiting for it. Obviously, I should be a bashing Mel Morris when we're talking about owners, and, and I've had my fair share of doing that. One of the worst owners in f- football history. He sold Pride Park to himself, to his, his, his third-party business, and we're still dealing with that shit now. And But yeah, Chris Kirchner, absolute fraud, comes along, looks like he's, um, what they call it, a false prophet and, and a hero, and all the Derby fans clamouring for Chris Kirchner because it looked like we are going down at the time, it looked like we are going under at the time, and this guy comes along and... Uh, it turns out it were all smoke and mirrors. It, it wasn't paying his own company back in America, and he was turning out to all these golf golf events and shit like that. And and people were asking him what's going on, what's the latest for the takeover, and it was radio silent for about forty days. Right when he was named the uh, the preferred bidder, and he was about to take the the club. Um, and yeah, it was it was taking pictures of himself pitch side at Pride Park, saying my my new my new gig digs essentially, and, and then and then eventually it all all went crumbling, crumbling down and. What I'm getting at is he passed the EFL fit and proper owners test, so they they deemed him worthy to take over the club. And not two or three months later, it was, his company went under. So that just shows you firsthand how fucking pathetic that test is. And and you're 100 right, and I'll back you 100 on this. It's a very valid rant um, or grievance that you do have because it is a disgrace at the minute for the, the testing of these uh, these new owners. So just to ask you a question on that, then. Um, for, for Aggie and obviously for, for Sam as well, obviously you feel passionate about it at the same time. What is the solution? What you mean? You mean to to the fit and proper owners test? What's the solution to make sure that Mel Morris, the 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 Bury owner, that the Macclesfield owner, that the South End owner, that these people can't do what they've been doing to these football clubs? What's the solution to stop that from happening? Ag, do you want to take this first, mate? Seeing as we are grievance. Yeah, I think it's more like you know. The finance aspect, can they afford to fund the football club, first of all? Like Sam just what, mentioned. I'd just come in very quickly on that before you carry on. When Dave Allen took over at Chesterfield, there was no concern as to whether he could afford that or not. A very, very wealthy man, right? No. Dave Allen, Dave Allen started as a very, very good owner for Chesterfield. And then in the end, that's when it went to shit. So how do you stop that? Because better making sure they've got money doesn't stop that, unfortunately. No, you're absolutely right, which will bring me on to the next point I was moving on to down the line as an example for Dave Allen is he's got history of doing that and that's where his would come in. And I get, yeah, you've got to have owned a club first to have had that sort of history, but 
that's where you need to find out there's genuine interest within owning that that football club or that business, not that it's just a novelty. And I know it's sometimes difficult to do, but I think they need to step it up and add more questions in there, more lines of questioning to potential owners to make sure that they, there is a general interest in purchasing a football club for the better and not just for a short-term period. I think a, a, another couple of ideas as well. I think there needs to be a general kind of protection and safety net over the entire maybe 92 maybe once you're in the football league you might get this protection all 92 clubs agree you're going to the top end the premier league's got the hell of a lot most money if there's some kind of safety net and protection of when an owner kind of fails there might be something there just to save the club from from going under that that could be an avenue uh, but like Aggie says, just a couple of more more safeguarding questions. If they have owned a club previously and ran into the ground, straight red. You don't get you don't get a second chance at it. Um, and I did have another another suggestion there, but I have completely forgot about that. But fines, fines as well. That's that's what I was going to say. So for for these owners, so take take a Mel Morris. He absolutely ran the club into the ground. He pumped a load of money into it up front. It, we didn't get the promotion in the, uh, to the Premier League and then he kind of says, whoa, that's me done now. I've done everything I can and completely pulled all his thumbs out of the club. He, he then he then went walked out road scot-free and they were done. No repercussions whatsoever and left the club essentially on the brink of fucking dissolvency. So there has to be some kind of fine for that person, whether he's the chairman or not. He needs to be he needs to be financially responsible for that club legally. Yeah. I think if you're going to you're willing to sign your name to a club and put that community in, in peril, if if, if Derby County went fucking bust, that old community in Derby that's that's going to massively suffer on, on game day on Saturdays three o'clock, and and, and he, someone needs to be responsible for that. So I think if if you're signing a club, you take that responsibility on that. If you're going to be be negligent, then you will pay for it, whether you're the owner or not going forward I think that's that's the sort of penalty you'd, you'd be looking at yeah no and, and that's fair enough and I think that that is something that you definitely need to look at but how that's structured and, and stuff would would be very difficult I suppose to to put together and I think the the, the biggest thing you mentioned there was be protection right that that's the biggest thing for me I think there needs to be something that needs to be done well, as you say, Sam, for all of the 92 clubs um and maybe a certain element of protection for the national league clubs as well um Apart from Chesterfield, don't you shit about them. <laughs> um, but but to make sure that if they do get ran into the ground, if they do get put out of business or whatever, that the the football league or the FA you do something to protect these clubs. Because like you say, it's not just about the football, it's not just about the players' salaries, because they can go and you know earn a wage somewhere else, most probably. It's about the community, it's about the the lifeblood of the of the community. And I know if if Sheffield United went went belly up tomorrow, yes, there's still another club in Sheffield, but um I think Sheffield FC would get a big turnout because, uh, yeah. They're not going to lose, are they? <laughs> absolutely not. There'd be a massive gap in South Sheffield. So, uh, yeah, um, I completely agree with that. But, yeah, with the way football is at the minute, I think we can all agree that's probably not likely to happen. And I get there's an easy there's a, there's an easy counter-argument to that. People are going to say, obviously, owners will be quite negligent. If, if they know that there's a safety net for a club, they can spend whatever they want or as little as they want and there's not much uh, repercussion for the, for the chairman to run the club well if there is this kind of overarching safety net between the league. But as I say, if you attach a fine or, or you know a fucking prison sentence for all I fucking care to uh, to these to these owners some of them fucking deserve it let's be fair um but if you attach a hefty fine a couple of million pound fine for you know running a club into ground like that then i think that's that's a, a pretty yeah. pretty decent fix yeah i get on board with that i think a couple of million pound fine for everybody in the 91 um and then for sheffield wednesday i think we paid edgepon chancery a couple of million pounds to take them under that'll do me 
Staggy, I think you fell onto uh, quite a, a decent subject there when it came to uh, ranting about something in the football world. So uh, fair play. Lads, any other th- further questions or anything before we close the book on episode 74? Project at New Derby Top. Oh, it's lovely. It's a lovely yeah, number. It's nice, I like the it? collar. I like the yeah. collar. So, I like the, like the little, little white sleeves and all. Yeah, like mm. the time, time for that. I do like that. A bit retro isn't it? Mm, it is, yeah. I do like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. We I think I think weekends, Dawson, to be fair. I think there's nothing yeah. else. No further I business. That, I think that's where we're at. So yeah, lads, this weekend, what we got planned, Kempy. I'm gonna come to you, mate, because I know you've got some pretty uh, tasty, spicy plans this weekend. Love is in the air. Oh, it certainly is, yeah. And uh, Golden Lotus, I think, tomorrow night, if I can hopefully get that booked in. <laughs> Golden what, Lotus? You're going to be yeah. driving around Derbyshire for a long while finding <laughs> that it, one, mate. What's it called? He'll do well finding that one. It's Lotus it's Lounge. Oh, it's the same thing, isn't it? I knew there were Lotus in there somewhere. I nearly said Exige. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so there's uh, uh, just, just... um Go on, Golden I don't, Lotus, find me. I don't know if you know where Millum is. M I double L O M. I've never oh, yeah. heard of it before. Um, but they've got a, a Chinese takeaway called uh, Golden Lotus. Where is it? Uh, fucking Dusseldorf there. or something like that. Oh, 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 no, it, it's, it's right it. up. It's right up in the uh, in the in the anus of the Lake District. It's three. It's, nice. It's over three we're going hours away. away so, I'll tell you, we're going away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going yeah. away. Anyway, yeah, carry so on. Lotus Lounge. Apologies to anybody at the Lotus Lounge. Please still sponsor Loaded Sport if you can. Uh, hopefully tomorrow night. And you know. As I was saying, Golden Lotus there. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't care. Uh, so Lotus Lounge, hopefully tomorrow night, and then Saturday, as you mentioned there, Dawson Love is in the air. My father-in-law is is getting married uh, to his partner of 14, 15 years, I think. So that's going to be a that nice time. Thing. Yeah, you'd say so. A nice Sam, little... Sam, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least. Uh, the, so nerve, nice... the fucking nerve. <laughs> so that'll be a nice little do. Um, and then on Sunday. I'm back on the golf course, boys. We're back. Ooh, We're back this time on the golf here. course on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Round, baby. As long as we can. Uh, so, yeah. Sunday morning, got a nice little tea time. And then Sunday afternoon, I believe, clocks go back on Sunday. So, we've got, an early, we got, an, we got an early red year. zone. We've got an early red zone. We've got a big dinner and a nice relax <laughs> before we uh, we go back to work on Monday. So, yeah. Decent little weekend coming up. What about you, Dawson? I'm going to go you second, do you reckon? Ooh, is it? Nice. Um... I don't actually know, mate. I've got next to nothing planned, mate, and, and I can't wait. Um, talking about it early, I think Saturday I'll be watching the football. I'm uh, going to be made to watch Newcastle because they're the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday, so I'll be watching them. And I think we've got a, a little tiffing plan for tea on, the, on Saturday. Nice. Um, and then Sunday is literally <laughs> locked door, comfy clothes on, not fucking move. Um, yeah, Manchester Derby into it on uh, on Sunday. So watch that, and then yeah, it is. The, the it best, is. Best, red, uh, best red zone of the year, uh, starting at five o'clock. So yeah, that's going to be a phenomenal Sunday evening. And uh, I'm going to make a little dinner myself. Uh, Rumours are on the forum. They're saying uh, or suggesting a, a potential steak pie dinner Sunday evening. So uh, looking forward to that. hearty. Yeah, but we'll confirm. We'll confirm. Classic so yeah, looking forward. Oct- to classic it. October food, you'd say. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to be a weekend of hardly moving from the sofa, watching loads of telly and sport, and I, for one, cannot wait. So, yeah, should be a good one there. Aggie, what have you got planned, mate? Have you, uh, are you commentating this weekend, or have you got a nice little uh, nice little break? I am, mate. I've got my very first Sunday afternoon game, which is uh, Aston Villa versus Luton, kicking off at 2 o'clock, which Ooh. will lead me up nicely. to got to get uh, some heavy traffic listening to that. Super Sunday. As a, yeah, with the uh, with the Manchester derby, similar sort of time, isn't it? I think as well. Half three, half three. three. Yeah, so 
Yeah, Aston Villa looting at two o'clock and then that'll finish about four-ish, which will give me a nice little hour to prepare myself for the early red zone, as you guys have already mentioned. As for Saturday, just chill and do nothing. Enjoy the fact that I've got a Saturday off. I think Phoebe will be at dance school, but other than that, yeah, just do fuck all. Like it, mate. Sounds fantastic. Put, uh, put, I'd say Jeff and the boys, but it's Simon and the boys and a girl now, isn't it? So uh, put Simon and the boys and a girl on at three o'clock, mate, and watch the, uh, watch the results come in. Go yeah, on, Kev. You, on. you quickly came off. Uh... You know, shit on my hands, gaffer, on that one. <laughs> have, you, have you seen it recently? Have you yeah, seen it? Bad. It's, it's, it's so bad. Bad, isn't it? bad, bad, and, uh, bad, bad. I tell you, what, worst bit about it is I can wash deal you. with the panel. Wash you. No, 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 no. I can, I can deal. I can deal. Simon Thomas, fantastic host. He's yeah, like, no yeah. It's ever going to be Jeff. No, no. What the fuck is Mike Dean doing? In that corner of the studio, get him. You know what? Do you know what they want? Right, we're restarting the ramp. No, do you know what would be good though is if TNT said to get like said got their checkbook out and said no right, brainer Jeff. by the way no brainer Jeff, Jeff Paul Merson uh, Charlie, Charlie Nicholas, Nicholas Phil Alan Thompson. what's his name Phil Thompson that's him maybe, uh, maybe not Matt maybe not maybe not Matt he's doing a fucking nut job these days but you get those you get those four on TNT Sports no brainer absolutely they're making a fortune if they do that hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam, what you, what you got planned for the weekend, mate? So my weekend, well, it's almost like starting now, but it's not because I've got work tomorrow. But I uh, tonight, after I log off here, I am going to go do some swimming. So get a nice little bit of exercise in before bed. Um, got a quick my... question for you about that, Sam, if that's all right. No, we'll carry on, mate. We'll, we'll keep moving. Right. Um, so we then I'll be doing shopping on Friday. Pretty boring. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to watch Derby at 3 p.m., not going, obviously. It's uh, just through the Rams TV. Uh, Saturday night, I am going round to Katie's friends, Katie's works, how Katie's workmates' house. Go yeah, on. I got it. There yeah, we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, they're they're a married couple, and we are going to be uh, dropping keys in bowl. Uh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we are going. To I was watching. about to say it. I was waiting. For I had to get it. it. I got it in before you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were kept be saying it. Um, yeah, we're going to watch right. the... Uh, nah, he's, not, he's too shy. <laughs> he's traditional, man. He's a fucking missionary, missionary, and they're on his back him on top. That's he, likes, he likes to get his mono- monogamy on, doesn't he? He's not the one Yeah, we're going to watch... polyamorous once and thought it were a disease, so... We <laughs> thought, it, we thought it were a ringtone. Yeah, we're going to watch the boxing, obviously, uh, Fury, Ngannou... Um, I was going to watch it at home, but obviously we got we did get the invite, so we're going to go around there, watch takeaway, have a couple of beers. So nice, uh, nice steady Saturday night. I had a quick look at the menu. I got a uh, Katie to find out where we're ordering from today. A place called Taj in. Um, I've heard that... you're ordering from the Golden Lotus. Yeah, know. yeah, that one. All we'll be waiting, we'll be waiting there all night, like. Right? But he's ordering, he's ordering before he goes swimming. It should be here in time for Saturday. Yeah, I don't even know about yeah, that. Quick question about that, Dawson. Um. Yeah, Taj, and they do a whole range of Indian food and kebabs and all that sh- pizzas. So, yeah, that's what I'll be having. They do they do the rare, rare thing that I fucking love, where they give the the curry in a sauce, so you can have like your pizza or your kebab, and then like a masala sauce, like in a little Tupperware where you can just dip in a little bit of naan dipping action. Yeah. Looks, like, looks like we know what his order is then straight away. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And He's then some kebab with curry sauce, surely. Literally, that's exactly what I'm having. Already said to Kate, that's exactly <laughs> mixed kebab, curry sauce. That's what I'm having. Sounds, sounds class. Uh, and then Sunday, same as pretty much you boys, really. I'll be um, watching. No, no, everyone other than you. Doing Coventry. <laughs> yes, I am actually. I'll be sat there commentating on the uh, Manchester Derby. No, nobody will be listening, but I'll be doing commentary for Manchester Derby. Um, no, I'm not really. But yeah, Manchester Derby at half past three. And then same as you boys, cannot wait for the 5pm red zone to start. And uh, we, we do kick off at five as well. So it's going to be a bit tight between that Manchester Derby finishing and, um, and the Packers starting at five. But there we go. Yeah, definitely. Right, lads, before we go, great episode. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the questions that you've got uh, next week. I've already got mine prepped, but I've got one more question for each of you. Sam, I'm going to come to you first, mate. Can you give us a prediction, put your name to a prediction for the Fury Ungarnu fight on Saturday evening? Well, yeah. I know I know, I know the I know the outcome is is obvious, but let's have a very specific um, prediction for from you. It's, it's it's difficult. It's like you fucking just pissing it win with these because it's only a ten round to start with. So it's not going to go. It's not twelve. Um, you just look at. Is it going to have shades of your Logan Paul Mayweather, where Mayweather just fucking carried him, literally stopped him from falling down about three times. So it could have shades of that. I don't think Ngannou is going to land a, a punch on Fury, to be honest. Um, uh, so I'll say a Fury. St- I don't even want to say it. No, I'm going to say Fury decision. Fury decision after ten rounds. I, I, I can't see. I can't see Garner being knocked down. To be honest. So, I mean, Kemp knows more. I've never seen him fight, but he just looks like a fucking big lad, and he looks like a bruiser. So, I, I, and Fury's. Let, let's be fair. Fury's never been blessed with knockout power. So, I think uh, Fury on points. I'm going to say, but it's going to be very debatable. It's probably going to carry him to final bell. Fair. Kemp, you will be very happy to know, mate, that I'm going to ask you the same question because I can see you're eager to get your bit in. So, mate, the exact same question to you. I would love it if Francis Ngannou, because my hero Kevin Keegan says I'd love it, if Francis Ngannou answered the final bell. However, unfortunately, that will definitely not happen. Um, in terms of boxing skills, uh, Tyson Fury is playing chess and uh, Tyson uh, Francis Ngannou is not even playing checkers. He's playing... Probably or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, it's the, the the vast gulf in between the the skill set in terms of pure boxing uh, is so big um, that Tyson Fury can literally walk forward and, and not have to worry about anything coming back in his way. And as we've seen with, with since he's been with Sugar Hill Stewart of Cronk Jim, uh, that's what he does. Uh, you mentioned there, Sam. He's not really got one punch knockout power, but it's the accumulation, right? That the destruction job he did of Deontay Wilder in the second and the third fight in the end. Um, it can definitely, definitely more than capable of doing that to Francis Ngannou as well. So I'm going to go with a Tyson Fury TKO in the fourth round. Fair enough. And Aggie, to close the show, mate, can you please give us your best Charlie Nicholas impression saying Sydney, I think, Ken? <laughs> I cannot know. Um, okay. But to answer your original question, despite the fact I have very little knowledge on But boxing, he didn't ask you this question. Yeah, I don't, don't want to... You, you don't want to know answer from each of us. No, no, no. no. no I no, had a question no. for each of you. And my question for you is, can you right. give us your best Charlie Nicholas impression saying, sitting here thinking? Right, my answer for you is no. Okay. All right, Good night, everybody. Give us, a, give, us a, give us a prediction <laughs> of Fury and Garni then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just written down 